Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and your 2020 New Year's resolutions. Rest in peace. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Sarah Keck. On today's episode, we're talking about the queen of all scammers, the psychic con artist, witches in the news, and a spell to bring about justice. Okay, so I just want to say we don't want this episode to be seen as a return to business as usual. Correct. I don't think we even necessarily want this to be used as a way for non-black people to distract themselves and turn away from what's going on. I think that white women like to exclude themselves from discussions of race because we like to think that like sexism and racism are interchangeable forms of oppression, but we don't get to do that because they're not. Not today, Karen. (laughs) But I just want... You know, you guys know that we have a lot to answer for, and we owe the black, indigenous people of color in our lives the emotional and physical labor that they ask of us. And I just want to say that we're really tired of hearing people say that they don't know what to do or they feel powerless when there are like 10 million infographics all over the internet with actionable steps that you can take. I don't know what I'd do if someone told me they didn't know what to do. Most of the time, I just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you don't even have a Pinterest. Type in infographic on Google. It's the first Easy. 20 pages. It's the first one. Oh, God. Anyway, this is misquoted because I couldn't find the exact quote, but I'm hoping to do it by the time this drops so I can put it on Instagram. But I found this to be extremely moving. Okay. Is that white people need to stop viewing racism as a struggle that black people go through that they have to empathize with and start viewing it as something that they need to fix. And I would also say that if at any point during this fight or really in your life in general, you start to feel defensive about your role, I want you to take that opportunity for reflection because defensive behavior is your psyche's response to the challenge of a reality that it holds precious. Your life is 50% the stories that you tell yourself. And in this episode, we get to make fun of the Reagans. So happy Pride and Black Lives Matter. Yay! Yay! Fuck that! I love that! Oh. Okay, in the tradition, the newish tradition. The new tradition. Of reading a podcast review at the top. Woo. We're here for our latest review on Thursday. Yes. This is a few days ago. Oh my gosh. Rex in Alaska says, yes, witches. Yay. They say, love witches in the news. The team is thoughtful and fun. Good luck with the weekly podcast. Thank you for the good luck because we are dying. <laughs> we are in... Just like, take me to We're counting it down. Throwing up every once in a while. Complete dread. Very excited. Complete dread. Absolute dread. <laughs> Mama, how are you? I am so good. Hold on. Let me pull up my thing. You have a thing? Oh, I have a check-in for once. Isn't Alicia that amazing? Has one thing written. It says, ants. Guys, ants. For real. So, Tara, have you heard about this ant group on Facebook? It's kind of been circulating some of the late night talk shows, but I promise you guys, I was in it way before then. Like, I'm not a poser. I was in on the ground. One of the OG ants. I have not. And we're talking about ants, not aunts. Yes. A-N-T-S. I know nothing about this. So there is a Facebook group called A Group Where We All Pretend to Be Ants in an Ant Colony. <laughs> and you got in on the ground floor. Got in on the ground floor. And it is the most fun I've ever had in a Facebook group. 
probably the only thing I interact with on Facebook is this group. <laughs> and essentially, it will be like, like this post. Humans have left us a perfectly good cheeseburger. Let's take it to the queen. And then in caps, you write, lift. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's lifting it. You would love this. Look, this is my fucking role-playing dream. <laughs> it is so, so good. And when you, because you know how Facebook groups, sometimes you have to be like, yes, I read the rules of the group. One rule is like, you cannot start a revolution. There is a queen and we serve her. <laughs> That's the rule. And you have to abide by that rule or you'll get kicked oh out my of the God. colony. <laughs> Who's the queen? Do we know? Is she like a, She's like a shadow. She's like a shadow figure. Yeah. Okay. We just believe that she exists. Okay. Kind of like God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very similar, actually. That's so funny. Tell me the things you have lifted. Oh, my God. George Clooney. What? I don't know if we successfully did. They found some number that was like, it takes this many ants to lift George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're like, lift. <laughs> and you just hope everyone else joins in and that we have oh enough God. ants. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. I'm trying to find other good ones. I'm glad... This is like the reaction I wanted from you, and I've been holding it from you for like weeks. Oh for, my just for god! This episode. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> One says, "My sister got engaged last weekend. Can the colony please show support to congratulate her?" And you write like, "Congrats, congrats, or congratulate." Oh god! I feel like I can hear them in unison. Oh my god! It's so amazing. Lift. There was like another one and it's like a dance party and then you write dance, but D-A-N-T-S, <laughs> all caps, dance. Oh, oh. So I highly recommend it. It is very family friendly, wholesome fun. Some people do, like everyone writes in caps, like their little thing. Some people put spaces in between the words, which you're not supposed to do, like L space I space F space T, because that makes it harder for people who use like reading devices to like translate it for them. Oh. So make sure you keep it one word Mm -hmm. capitalized. You can put as many exclamation points as you want. But you also don't have to overdo it because you are just one ant in this colony. Yeah, you don't have to carry the weight alone. Yeah. And so this has inspired many like bug themes from my childhood coming back. Like I watched A Bug's Life. Yes. I watched Ants. Not that good. Problematic. Ants. Oh, yeah. A-N-T-Z. Yeah. Yeah, very problematic. I remember really liking it. And then it opened and I was like, oh, Woody Allen's in it. Oh, Woody Allen's the protagonist in it. Oh, no. Oh, the 2000, what is that? 2001. Yeah. I remember my dad really loved the trailer for A Bug's Life because he thought that the ladybug being played by a man was so funny because he was born in 1962 and that's the <laughs> level of humor that he enjoyed. Yeah. And so he got them because they came out at the same time. So he takes me to the ants and the whole time he's like leaning over like, when's the ladybug going to come? Oh, no. And the whole movie he's just waiting. He's like, it's like almost over. <laughs> Did he take you to A Bug's Life after that? He took that? me to okay, A Bug's Life God. after that. And he got like the solstice of being like, oh, let's laugh at this this funny joke about, about gender. Gender joke. It was really great because this ladybug's just pissed off about being called a ladybug. And then he finds his feminine side by the end. Mm-hmm. Isn't that beautiful? That's good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you have any updates for us, Tara? Um, Not really. Anything I care to talk about. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that if you have been waiting for a time to check on that one friend or that cousin that you haven't talked to in a while or that friend from college 
that you had sort of been tangentially keeping in contact with, I think that now would be a really great time to check up on the people that you love. Mm -hmm. Um, But don't check up on me because I got things to do. Like (laughs) talk about what we're talking about today, which is psychic con artist. Is that the police? Yeah. Abolish they them. have to arrest them. Get them I, out I of know, here. I know, but the psychic con, they're normally white people. <laughs> yeah, they are. Are they all white people on our list? They actually um, might be. I think so. So in the psychic mediums episode, we talk about the different kinds of mediums, like how they were a big deal post-Civil War and how to spot a phony psychic. So I just wanted to like kind of go over again how to spot a fraud. In case we forgot. In case you forgot, or maybe you're like not there. Maybe you're newsies and that's fine. It's always good to have a refresher of like how not to get conned. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just sort of a little list. Number one, if they ask for a lot of money mid-session. So say you're like at a $40 psychic reading and midway through the session, like right after you feel like they've said something that resonates with you, they sneak in like a little, um, hey, drop another $200 and I might be able to figure out the names of those guardian angels. Or like, I feel the presence of your dead grandfather coming into focus. So for like another $200, I'll I'll pull him from the ether and you can talk to him about his gold. Grandpa. Grandpa. How rude. Number two, they tell you that whatever hardship you're experiencing right now is the fault of a curse that's been placed upon you and that it will be a lot of money to lift that curse. So like in the episode Psychic Mediums, we reference that guy in Edmonton who Mm -hmm. lost like his house in $70,000. And then also there's like that med student that lost like $100,000 over seven years. It's crazy. Which I also was like, okay, after year five. Yeah, at what point are you like, huh? I wonder if it's just so slow if it's like a $40 here, $20 there, and then it just like accumulates yeah that's possible but it's also big amounts of money so I don't know I'd be like wow I pay this person more than my therapist yeah is that good yeah it's like more than a subscription box to like bark box or whatever you know (laughs) they tell you that you either died in the holocaust or that you were royalty in a past life bonus points if you're white right now but in a past life you were like a Chinese princess or an African king because you so desperately want that 23 and me to be wrong Or I'd just rather be a princess. Oh, yeah. True. That's nice. That's flattering for my ego. And eat fruit, like pineapples. Yeah. Can you imagine? Aren't I related to Napoleon? (laughs) (laughs) They ask a lot of like personal or leading questions. So things like, you've been feeling down recently, haven't you? You've noticed that something is off lately, am I right? And you're like, yeah, I'm in a fucking pandemic. Yeah, dude. I haven't seen people in three weeks and I decided to telecommute with you. There are problems in my life, obviously. They say that you're at a crossroads. Okay, but could you say that you are always at a crossroads? feel like you could always be making a different decision, Stephanie. <laughs> like maybe you could really pivot and turn your life around, yeah. Stephanie. They claim that they've never seen an energy or a chakra like yours before, that you have some kind of special energy to you, like they call you an indigo or a rainbow child, or they make claims about an inner crystal form. What does that mean? Um, I don't know, but I haven't been told to me before. Ooh. And I'm like... You're like a crystal guardian from She-Ra or some shit. I hope so. Yeah. And I just like, or like in Ben 10 where like his <laughs> sister, his cousin like becomes like, like the lightning. only person I knew who watched Ben 10. <laughs> and it was just because it was odd in the morning. It was odd in the morning and it had, gave me enough time for my egos to warm yeah. up before I went to school. Um, and by school, I mean high school. Okay, so 
And then finally, they say that your psychic powers are inherited from your ancestors and for a monetary fee, they can get you in contact with them for the purpose of like building your psychic power. So this is like number six, like combined with number one. Okay. So these are the things. So this is what you learned. You're not special. I hate that already. So few people are thinking about you. No one's probably cursing you. That's also rude. I'm very important and, and well known. $200 is way too much to $200 spend. is too much. I agree. Don't get to, No. Why would I do that? They better be like celebrity psychic. <laughs> or they're like, you're a double princess. Psychic to the stars. <laughs> yeah. Double princess. Like they're like, oh, we can actually trace your English roots. You are a duchess. Oh, and you, you have an heir, an inheritance. You have a castle. A prince is waiting. <laughs> And then I'll be like, okay, 300? All right, maybe. Tell me more. I wanted to just read something from Lisu11 that was written on Apple Podcast on January 3rd, 2020. Oh, what a way to start a year. And the title says, the hosts love scammers. Oops. <laughs> so this was a really aggressive three-star. <laughs> aggressive three-star review. <laughs> That says, they go annoyingly off topic, but they completely lost me when the host said she loves scammers. What the hell kind of statement is that? After having a county-wide fundraiser for an elderly woman who was scammed out of everything she had by her heartless thieves running a phone scam operation and my boyfriend getting scammed out of $3,000 when he had the flu and was taking flu medication yet through a very stressful work day that he couldn't miss and I can't stomach the kind of people who laugh at victims. Not the kind of person I want to listen to. That's okay. I'm a bitch. We knew that. <laughs> have you been listening was that your first episode because if it were like okay maybe you didn't know if you had been listening to prior episodes they're like yeah alicia's the bitchy one mm-hmm. <laughs> so list who 11 this is for you a gift that you will never listen to because you didn't realize you were listening to a comedy show this is a story of some gossipy hilarious dramatic tragic stories about psychic con artists and also we wanted to cover a bunch of people in one episode but certain people were so wild that like some of these are going to carry on into really extensive Patreon episodes. Ooh. So get excited. Some of these are going to be like a little bit shorter, but psychics like the Fox sisters have like a really gorgeous, beautiful episode that's actually going to come out next week. It is wild. It's so sad. It's sad. It is sad. So you know what? Victims get conned. Psychic con artists get busted. Yeah. It's a circle of life, baby. Continue. Tell us about the Fox sisters. So the Fox sisters. This is who you need to know. One, Margaret Fox, who went by Maggie. She's the second youngest sister. Catherine Fox, who went by Kate. She's the youngest sister. Leah Fox, who is the whole reason all of this shit got out of fucking control. Eldest of those two. Yeah. So who are they? They are a family. Of foxes. Of foxes. Of people. They wear little suits. Oh my God. And live so in little, cute. They're in their Wes Anderson film. Yeah. The fantastic Mr. Fox. The goodie. So good. So they moved to Hydesville, New York in the winter of 1847. And it turns out that the snow had been so bad that the construction on the farmhouse they bought was a, at a total standstill. The house was like absolutely uninhabitable. That sucks. And I didn't put this in the Patreon episode, but like to give you an idea of how bad the weather was, the local newspaper had to remind the townspeople that Christmas was coming because everyone forgot. What? They were how like, do you forget about Christmas? Please buy gifts. Please spend money. We're in a recession again. <laughs> so they rent this modest like one bedroom house to tie them over the winter and it turns out that everyone in the town knows that it's haunted that's a bummer they don't even warn them they're just like yeah take it yeah super and then afterwards like oh have you seen a ghost (laughs) (laughs) 
Apparently, the spirit that lived there doesn't take too long to start making a racket and attaches itself to the two youngest fox sisters, and it communicates with them via knocking, like a one knock for yes, two knocks for no situation. The fox family is like, finally, a reason to have some friends over. And they start <laughs> inviting the townspeople over for seances. And their oldest sister, Leah Fox, who at the time's name was Leah Fox Fish, which is a long story, comes down from Rochester to visit her family with her daughter. So she's like recovering from a divorce and she sees her sisters are mediums and has like this quiet secret thought in the darkest part of her heart that she can make money off these two little preteens. Why not? Because Leah Fox is like older. She's an adult. But like Margaret, Kate's like 10. That's crazy. Like this bitch has not had a period probably yet. Like she's little. Ew. <laughs> That's so young. <laughs> I don't know. It's so young. So Leah Fox is someone that we sort of have really complex feelings about because like, you know, we go into her ex-husband and like the struggles of being, you know, a, a divorced woman in the Vaults of the Obscure episode. So it's like we were kind of like, is she Kris Jenner or is she Toddlers and Tiara? Which one is she? <laughs> A bit of both, yeah. So Leah takes them back to Rochester and then starts lining up shows and she ends up getting them a show at Corinthian Hall. And the girls, who mind you, again, are like 10 and 13, are subject to investigations on stage that range from the severity of like having their feet tied to like being disrobed and inspected. Ew. Still 10. Still 10 years old. Still fucking little. Possibly 11. Still gross. After this, the Fox sisters enjoy celebrity and politically powerful patrons and with them come like these wild and illicit parties. And I believe later that Maggie sort of blames these parties and Leah for not protecting them. But like for Kate struggles with alcoholism later in life. Yeah. And I don't want to spend like too much time because we cover it so well in the episode. But Maggie falls in love with an Arctic explorer by the name of Elisha Kent Kane, which I don't know why you would name your child something like that, because it's like you have a whole list of middle names. Elisha Kent Kane. Elijah Kent Kane. Ooh. But he's Orthodox Catholic and his family fucking hates Maggie because Aww. she is the worst. Basically the a witch. Yeah. Yeah. A super witch. Yeah. With tickets to sell. Yeah. So unfortunately, Elisha dies on a trip while he's overseas and it's, you know, his super Catholic family denies her any kind of right that she might have to his money because she says that they like married in secret. But in turn, Maggie fulfills Elisha's dying wish that she convert to Catholicism upon his death and gives up giving seances. Oof. That's love, I guess. So <laughs> I'll give up my dreams and my money and my income after you're dead when you can't support me. Of course, I'll do that for you. You dead ass motherfucker. I'm an 1850s woman. <laughs> I'll do anything or for no. dead love. Different. 1880s woman. So in October of 1888 at the New York Academy of Music, the sisters are in their 50s. And there's like a couple different reasons why this next event happened. So some sources say... Kate is having a big problem with her alcoholism and Leah's trying to take her kids away. Some sources say Leah is trying to take Kate's cut of the money because of her alcoholism. But what ends up happening is Maggie performs a final seance and then she reveals in front of a crowd of thousands how the seances work just oh, to man. fucking spite her sister. That's funny. Yeah. That is some Kardashian level shit though. <laughs> you know, public radio. Yes. Secrets fall out. I love that. So this bitch, this bony fucking broad, cracks the first knuckle of her big toe and it's so loud that you can't place it in space. That's crazy. And also might be a disease. <laughs> it's like not healthy. She should see a doctor. You need to, I know it's the 1880s, but have you ever been to a doctor? She's never had her feet examined or looked at by anyone. And then, then it's like they just don't mention in the story that her feet are like eight feet wide. <laughs> she was on really large feet. They make noise. I don't know. And that's like basically fucking it. So like Leah, Kate, Maggie, their careers are over. 
I guess it was worth it because of vengeance. But then they were poor? Yeah, they died penniless. Oh, well. Like within years of each other. not the Kardashian way of life. Not yet. Ooh. Is Kim Kardashian 62 yet? No. Because that's when... That's when it all goes downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. And anyway, that's the very brief story of the women who are considered to be the mothers of the American spiritualist movement. Excellent. Thank A you. movement based on lies lies and bored children in the winter time oh my god santa wasn't probably even around at that point do you think santa even came that year no. and this was all just vengeance for santa never showing up <sighs> this whole thing <laughs> linked back <laughs> like i hate you parents that was it that's fucking wild dude yeah and i also i feel really bad because it's like yes i like some point you have like agency but like if you have spent your whole life like starting from like the point that you enter double digits like surrounded by alcohol and fame and wealth and but like, also imagine it'd be like a drawing room you know it'd be kind of cool there'd be like smoke in the air everyone's drinking there's got to be several dudes who are just like grabbing them oh you yeah know? totally and then they have this or like putting them secret. on their lap like shit like that yes yeah. yes and it's like at that age you think you can trust everybody yeah like you're an adult so you'll keep me safe mm-hmm. like you're my dad's age yeah i'm sure there's so many more stories of what actually happened in like those rooms mm-hmm. lost to history mm-hmm. but you told me we were going to talk about the reagans mm-hmm. <laughs> i came here for the reagans that's what me and the people are waiting for. You're waiting for the Reagans. I'm just waiting for the Reagans to show up. Nancy Reagan, dead. She's dead now. She lived in Bel Air. And so I like drove right by her house one day when I was like in the Bel Air neighborhood. And I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this accessible? That makes no sense. What's well, like the Playboy Mansion in fucking, yeah, where is it? That's literally right over there. Yeah. Like you can just like They're like to the almost gate. neighbors. They're like neighborhood neighbors. Do you think she ever like. Went to the Playboy Mansion? Like called the cops for like noise complaints because they were playing Baja Boys too loud. Oh, for sure. For sure. An elderly white woman? For sure. Like, have you ever seen her face? Like, definitely. No. Yeah. She would be definitely on Karen's in the Wild. <laughs> so this is just real quick. I want to give a short list of reasons to hate the fucking Reagans. Okay, great. Let's do it. All right. In 1986, Congress passes the Anti-Apartheid Act that would put pressure on South Africa to end apartheid. Reagan vetoes it. Dick. Dick. He refuses to even say the word AIDS for six years. He ignores the AIDS crisis even though his friends from Hollywood are dying of it. In 1986, when AIDS fatalities are doubling every year, he pushes to have the funding cut from AIDS research projects. Ah! And then to add on to that, his friend Rock Hudson begged him for help, begged him for help with his treatment for AIDS after he had supported him politically as an openly gay actor. And Reagan refuses to acknowledge him, just ignores him. And he (gasps) dies. Wow. Yeah, fuck you. Nancy Reagan basically began the war on drugs as her pet project, which we're going to get into, and fucking wrecked black communities, tripling the incarceration rate for nonviolent drug offenders. Yeah, shit, dude. And like, I can't even handle talking about the Iran-Iraq war right now because I really want to get into how this shitty rich girl from San Francisco fucked with the White House, but Reagan funded the war and basically made the Taliban and trickle-down economics is not a real thing. Yeah. So in conclusion, what do we say? Fuck the Reagan. Again. Fuck, fuck the, the Reagans. Reagans. One more time. Fuck, fuck the Reagans. Reagans. Okay, so who fucked the Reagans real good? Joan Quigley, born in Kansas City, Missouri, April 10th, 1927 at 4.17 p.m. You know I looked up her chart. Woo, yeah, girl. <laughs> so and she, from the Midwest. Here What's we up? go. 
So she's an Aries with a Leo moon and a Mercury in Pisces. This bitch. Her Venus is in Taurus, which means, mm-mm, give me that decadent indulgence, that money, that food. <laughs> Caviar, yes, thank you. And then her Mars is in Gemini, which means she can probably hurt anyone with just her words. Wow. Terrifying. Horrifying. And she looks scary and her eyebrows are so thin. Like overplucked then? Like you know that she did coke and just sat in the mirror and was like, I'm perfect. I'm perfect finally. So anyway, her family is like super rich and moves her and her sister to San Francisco away from Kansas City because it wasn't good enough for her. Mm. And then Joan pursues a degree in art history. She likes astrology, but her dad fucking hates it. So she like keeps it secret. Like all of us. Yeah, true. (laughs) We could be next. My dad can never know. No. So when she graduates, she like starts writing horoscopes for tabloids, which she hates. Not because it's like tabloids are like hack and like lame or whatever. It's because like, this is so fucking Joan. She. (laughs) This is so Joan. She like thinks that the people that read tabloids are poor and therefore the weight of their charts and their astrology is not of importance to the world so like they don't deserve to fucking know because they're not going to do anything with it so she wants to be an astrologer for the stars so joan super joan so joan chaotic joan energy oh my gosh so i don't know how she ends up getting in contact with him but she gets in good with merv griffin who has he was like a talk show host in the 1960s and starts doing readings for him and merv griffin knows nancy reagan she's an actress at the time so he like connects them Mm. this is how this whole thing starts okay so reagan's first inauguration as governor was at 12 10 a.m do you want to know why no yes because i was like i would do nothing at 12 10 a.m what what is happening (laughs) because an astrologer told nancy that that was the only time it could happen wow so that's how fucking deep nancy is into this shit if you look at like history but not joan a different astrologer a different astrologer what that like all of fucking Ronald Reagan shit happens at weird fucking times. It'll be like 1.38 a.m., 12.25 p.m. Like it's never like, yeah, the president's going to be on at one. <laughs> He's going to make his fucking presidential address. Oh, man. So Joan proves herself during Reagan's first presidential debate when she makes a prediction that someone would sabotage his microphone. And then Nancy goes and checks and someone had indeed turned down the volume on the microphone. What? Isn't that crazy? Did she do it? It's possible. Or it's possible it was at normal. And so she just made it really fucking loud. And so that during the debate, he was like, Taxes! <laughs> We have to get more chips. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. So Ronald Reagan wins the presidency. The world suffers fucking worse for it. We're still paying for it now. You know, we really are. And Nancy has to kind of like distance herself from Joan or else she would look like a fucking kook. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So it's going to look super fucking bad if she's attached to an astrologer, but something else super fucking bad happens. There's an assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan. Oh, shit. He gets shot. (gasps) Because they didn't talk to their astrologer about it? That's totally possible because Joan comes in and she... (laughs) So... Joan hires a hitman. This is a long time. Oh my God, this is... Joan is the one with... She has a fucking baseball cap on and sunglasses. She killed Lincoln. Joan has been with us since civilization began. That's so Joan. Joan is Brutus. Oh God. (laughs) Oh my God. Beware the Ides of March. Rip Caesar. Rip Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) 
So this is sort of like where I get a little empathetic for Nancy Reagan. She is a villain Mm -hmm. of villains. So her husband gets shot. And I guess Merv Griffin reaches out to her saying that like, I don't know how you're going to take this. But Joan Quigley is saying that she predicted the assassination attempt, but didn't want to tell you because you guys had this big falling out. And so Nancy Reagan calls Joan and is like, is this true? Like, did you know what was going to happen? I would be like, fuck you. Fuck you, you dumb bitch. You didn't tell me my husband was going to almost die? But I, I don't have to pay you to learn that information. That should be important enough that you tell me. Yeah. And then I tip you generously afterwards. Exactly. So everyone is a fucking villain in this story, just yeah. to let you know. Okay, everyone great. sucks. Great. So Nancy goes on about how like she feels like she can't breathe. Like She feels like every day will be the day that her husband gets shot again. And that <sighs> anytime he leaves the house, she feels like it's going to be like the last time that she sees him. That's so fair, though. Yeah. That sounds really tragic, but also doesn't excuse... Like you absolutely harassing people of color and not talking about the AIDS epidemic. You can't. So now Joan adds on this to like this discussion. So she says, Joan says, it's a little bit, she said, she said. Mm -hmm. Nancy goes on to say that the media is eating her alive and making her look bad and that she just so desperately wants to be liked again. And Nancy says this didn't happen, but like basically one of Joan's jobs was to make Nancy popular again. I mean, they're supposed to be popular, those first wives. Yeah, they're supposed to like be very likable, very motherly, like absolute good, like Mm -hmm. almost apolitical in their goodness. Yeah. That's our dream for women, for all women. Yes. Constantly let down. Absolutely. So she hires Joan to make her popular and also to protect her husband. Joan's plan, Alpha A, make Nancy popular. So she says, the first lady needs to have a pet project. Pick a charity and never shut the fuck up about it. Fair. And Nancy's like, well, I guess I kind of want to do something about the drug problems in America. And then Joan's like, yeah, fucking go with that. And basically creates the war on drugs and the just say no. Oh my God. Like gets on TV, is like all over the place, like going into schools and talking about it, like answering fucking letters from like needy people in the projects. Joan created D.A.R.E. Yes. (laughs) Like what? Oh man. It's like D.A.R.E. doesn't stand for like, what was it? Drugs. Drug addiction, resistance, education. It actually stands for do arrest, racially profiled everybody. (laughs) Everybody. So she also tells Nancy that she can't appear in fashion magazines or tabloids anymore, that she, if she wants to be taken seriously, she has to appear on like reputable broadcasts and journals. That's kind of fair. So it also like positions, it's like Nancy's not talking about like the war on drugs in L. It's like she's like talking about it in national news. Yeah, totally. So it like makes her super powerful and very vocal and like her voice is everywhere. And it's like if Nancy just wanted to sit in fashion magazines and talk about hair. They would have loved that. They would. It would have been great. Everyone's hair might have been better in the 80s. Oh, man. <laughs> Can you imagine? If only. Crimping never would have happened. What if Joan was trying for something like that and she was like, the war on drugs? And Joan's like, okay, we can do that too. <laughs> that works. But I really liked our get up and move coalition. <laughs> what about save the whales? Oh I my don't God, know. yeah. Uh, we love bees. So <laughs> Joan's other job, Beta B, is keep Ronald Reagan from getting fucking assassinated. That sounds like a high pressure job that oh, you have no control over. She complains about it all the time, even though she's getting paid handsomely. <laughs> she's getting paid so much. Yeah. There's a really great Behind the Bastards episode about Joan Quigley. They like calculated and it was like $9,000 a week, <gasps> like in 80s money. I should ask for that for my job. You should. I'm, I think I deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> 
So Joan Quigley times everything. She times every State of the Union, every presidential address, every debate, every public appearance. She could have Air Force One circling for hours waiting for the correct time to land. She does this several times. Imagine if she had social media. Oh my God. We would all be following her. Absolutely. She knows everything. I'd be like, yes, of course. Yeah. So this is also from Behind the Bastards. Apparently, Joan delayed Ronald Reagan's first cancer operation for three days because of the stars. Whoa. He's just like fucking sitting there dying. She's like, well, Mercury's still in retrograde, so this is not the time for that. (laughs) I'm not signing anything. No, no. So here's the deal. This is even worse. Ah. Nancy Reagan is calling Joan, telling her about the whereabouts of her husband president from an unsecure line. So the Secret Service is like spending all of this time and energy trying to keep the president safe and in secret whereabouts. And she's like, hey, Joan, we're going to Panera in an hour. Anyone come? <laughs> Want to meet us there? The one on like this address. And this I address. love the paninis. It's amazing. It's so good. It's like apparently the Secret Service just like fucking hated her. <laughs> like hated Nancy Reagan because she was constantly giving away information. That's so funny. When it's like your whole thing, your whole reason for hiring Joan is because you want to keep your husband from being assassinated when like literally all of the Koreas can hear you. <laughs> Everyone's listening. <laughs> They're like, all right, which Panera? They let like, a fucking math quest it. Yeah. They print it out. So final thing about Joan Quigley, the Cold War. I know, small topic. Excellent. The USSR is a thing. I mm-hmm. hope you understand. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they weren't big fans of America. From what I've heard. This is the tea. I have seen all the, the videos about hiding under your desk if there's like a nuclear oh, bomb. Yeah. Does not seem like it would work. Duck and cover. No, why would that? Why would it work? Teaching your children. I think it was like, oh, maybe we'll pretend they'll live. <laughs> I don't know. What else do you do? You're just like, well, in 10 minutes, we're going to die. So duck and cover. Oh, so anyway. There's only one phone line. You're not calling your mom. No. No. I'm calling my mom. I'm the fucking teacher. I'm going to die too. <laughs> going to bone the janitor real fast before it happens. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> my like USSR bombing fantasy. <laughs> it's like a weird kink, you know. This fetish. She can only come if like there's like a bomb like coming within 30 seconds. And she's like, I just have to come right now. <laughs> I don't have time. The last one, the big one. The big one is here. The big one is here. (laughs) (sighs) Good shit. So Reagan and Gorbachev are supposed to sign this treaty, okay? Mm -hmm. That I believe is the Intermediate Range Nuclear Force Treaty. I'm just going to read from Wikipedia what it's about because it's very important. So the treaty prohibits both parties from possessing, producing, or flight testing ground-launched ballistic or cruise missiles with ranges of 500 to 5,000 kilometers possessing or producing ground-based launchers of those missiles was also prohibited. So the ban extended to weapons that are both nuclear and conventional warheads, but did not cover air-delivered or sea-based missiles. I don't know what that means. So existing weapons had to be destroyed. And just to kind of quickly wrap this up, a Russian person came over and inspected us destroying our shit. And an American person went to Russia and inspected them destroying their shit. Both of these people are liars. Absolutely. It was like, you went to the one factory where we do this? (laughs) Our big fancy one, but you didn't come to our underground one in Missouri. (laughs) With our secret shark launched missiles. (laughs) Just rain snakes. I'd throw up. You would end. I would end. That's the end. Your skin would fall off and you would be dead. (laughs) So Joan takes a lot of credit for like this treaty even happening, Mm -hmm. which is really funny. (laughs) And so Joan's. But she also consults on the specific time for Reagan and Gorbachev to sign this treaty. And I guess at first, like the Russians were like, that's cool. Or more, they were like, that's cool. That's not Russian. No. That's cool, man. No. No. 
That's a cool. Vodka. No, that's Italian. That's a cool. <laughs> we try accents every time and we're not good at that. No, wait, wait. We're going to be the, okay, we're going to be the Russians, but they're in like the, um, what's that movie about the reactors? Like that miniseries? Like Chernobyl? The Chernobyl oh, mi- oh miniseries where they all, they're Russians, but they speak British. So they're like, that's a cool. Nope. <laughs> so they're like, all right, that's, that's nice. Thanks for that. Welcome to Witch Yes, bring your own accent. <laughs> Oh, God. So anyway, they're like, that sounds good, y'all. <laughs> and then they, they were from a very specific region of Russia. Like, this is real. Oh, God. Yeah, they, they have a really specific dialect in the gulag. Yeah, yeah. So at first, USSR is like, that's fine. But then as the date gets closer, even like hours before, they start changing the hours drastically when they're going to meet. And eventually... Because Joan's just like, keep pushing it off. <laughs> Joan says that at some point, it's so fucked up from their original timing that it's like mysteriously at a point where it's actually super powerful for the USSR, but really bad for the US. And the USSR is just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> so no, what was happening is like the US set a time and the USSR kept pushing it back and pushing it oh, back so that it was actually really beneficial. I thought it was Joan pushing it. No, Joan That's was just was like, like on a power Joan, trip. you are devious. The issue is, though, is that astrologers are banned in the USSR. Like, they're sent to the gulag in fucking Siberia kind of banned. Yeah. So either the Russians picked up that Reagan was really weird about his times and they just want to fuck with him, or they, like, dragged an astrologer out of the gulag just to, like, make this whole thing great for the USSR because they found out that the US was using an astrologer to set up these times. I mean, Nancy keeps talking to her, like... Yeah, because they fucking could know. I just needed one wiretap to figure all this out. It'd be so easy. You could call Sprint and be like, (laughs) tap me in, Monica. (laughs) Yes, this is the vice president... (laughs) Yes, this is vice president. That was better. Thank you. I think we found it. You have to just sit very stiffly. I'm trapped in this. (laughs) Anyway, Joan Quigley sucks and also had like super anti-Semitic leanings along with like hating poor people and probably black people. And the Reagans really downplayed like how influential she was. But when Donald Reagan took over as chief of staff in 1985. All these names are too similar. I know. It's I mean, they're all related. You know. He starts telling everyone how much he hates Joan and then in his 1988 memoir says, this is a quote, virtually every major move and decision in the Reagans made during my time as White House Chief of Staff was cleared in advance with a woman in San Francisco who drew up horoscopes to make certain that the planets were in a favorable alignment for the enterprise. Oh man, I love these memoirs that keep coming out and they're like, you want to hear the shit? Well, it's great because so it's like fucking Nancy Reagan has a memoir mm-hmm. where she like kind of downplays Joan but like isn't super about it and then literally the next year Joan Quigley releases what does Joan say my seven years as White House astrologer to Nancy and Ronald Reagan which just like drags Nancy amazing but like doesn't drag her for like the progressive shit like drags her being like really vain and like a liar because it's petty I mean I don't know if my enemy wrote a book about me dragging me I would probably write a a better book dragging (laughs) them yeah true that's just how girls talk That's how we hang out. Be like, actually, (laughs) Tiffany, have you ever considered that maybe you're a bitch? (laughs) And your ugly big nibbles. Oh, (laughs) that is White House classified. (laughs) Oh, gosh. These are sensitive documents. My nibbles are sensitive documents, both time sensitive (laughs) and sensitive to national security. (laughs) If you figure out the circumference of my nipples, you can figure out how to get a missile directly into the White House. (laughs) 
<laughs> get the whiteboard out. <laughs> you fucking nuts. Oh, God. If you take Felicia's nipples and, and find the circumference and the distance between them, it shows you what the actual Mayan calendar says and will lead you to El Dorado. <laughs> it exposes the secret of the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You hear those sirens are coming for you. They know. Oh, no. Okay, anyway, fuck the Reagans and fuck Joe <laughs> Like, just, like, pretty much, like, fuck all these people except for, like, Kate Fox, who I feel really bad for. Yeah. And Maggie Fox sometimes. Sometimes. And now we're going to talk about Gina Marks, which I love Gina Marks. I mean, she's a scam artist. She's a psychic con artist, but, like, I love her. We know how I feel. She's, like, fucking gangsta. She looks like one of those mob wives. Ooh. Like, the way she dresses and everything. She nice. She, like, knows her worth. I love it. So we will be doing a deep dive on Gina Marks later this year on one of our Patreon episodes on Vault of the Obscure. But we'll just give you a little taste of the Gina Marks lifestyle for now. So she was born in 1973 in New York, which means she is alive today. Yes. Incredible. And, you know, multiple aliases, like eight different names show up on her Wikipedia page, something. That's how you know she's interesting. Exactly. She's an American psychic, in quotes, and a convicted fraudster. Oh, I know. Does that show up on her LinkedIn? On her Wikipedia? Oh, on her LinkedIn? Convicted fraudster fraudster she sounds like she would have a website but maybe it also got taken down at this point i don't know how good wordpress is about like looking about con artists yeah (laughs) i don't know so her big thing is that detective bob nygaard who is kind of like he just goes around trying to bust psychics he's like very interesting he's an ex-cop who becomes a private investigator and for some reason he's just drawn to psychic con artists that's amazing and he just wants to like Take him down. He's a man with a mission. He's a man with a mission. He got told once that he was a Chinese princess in a past life and he never recovered. Exactly. No. <laughs> he hates them. He got one bad tarot reading and his grandma died and he was like, I'm out for vengeance. <laughs> so he spent nearly 10 years trying to like bring her to justice. Wow. Like what a bad bitch. Already I'm like, that's awesome. And in August 2018, two years ago, he was finally successful. Oh, wow. This is super recent. This is re- this is basically which is in the news. Boom. So you can actually watch her arrest video on YouTube. So she was about to board an airplane to Barcelona. You know, how nice. <laughs> when the cops arrested her at the Miami-Dade International Airport. When prompted, Bob Nygaard says, she must not have been really psychic because she didn't see me showing up at the airport. <laughs> Classic. Ugh. <laughs> It's one of those, like, he was waiting his whole life. He had been, there's a fucking, in his bedroom, there's a false wall. If you pull it to the side behind, like, a fucking bookcase, it's just a bunch of, like, great ideas for comebacks when he (laughs) finally catches Gina. He probably got up to her and he was like, that's right. (laughs) He forgot all of his smart witty thing. He was just like, (laughs) you got (laughs) scoobied. And then he's like, God damn it. This is why I'm an ex-cop. I don't know. I'm so sorry. I have to really quick aside. Yeah. Did you watch Space Force? Yes. Where she's like trying to come up with like this great line for when they're going to be like back on the moon. (laughs) Good to be black on the moon. (laughs) That was so well done. And everyone was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so so good, dude. That was so funny. I went back to Gina and like his great, great comeback. Thank you. So Gina, of course, ended up pleading guilty to defrauding five victims out of more than $340,000. And that's not like 1880s dollars. That's like right now dollars. Yeah, right now dollars. (laughs) That's like... Like two years ago dollars. Wow. 
She was eventually sentenced to six years in prison and ordered to pay restitution to her victim. So she like loses the money, which I think that's the biggest shame of all. Since the judge ruled she preyed on vulnerable people. And like we kind of said at the beginning, she would say things like, we're doing God's work. (sighs) Or you have a curse and need to be cleansed. Yeah. She like went right into that and just did it. Like if y'all want a fucking template. Yeah. For how to get that money post-corona. Gina Marks is it. I mean, she's in jail, but you, you know, I mean. You just gotta You could still try. Yeah. Tweak it. Make it your own. Yeah. So her story was told on a CBS broadcast called Pink Collar Crimes, oh. which is a true crime TV drama and shows Bob Nygaard just trying to get justice for his clients. It follows his whole storyline. And also in 2006, she co-authored a book called Miami Psychic Confessions of a Confidant, which you can still buy at bookstores. So she's been at this for a long time, 2006. Wow. Gina. A career. A career woman. And I mean, she she had her nice hat on when she was getting arrested. She got a nice necklace. She got some rings. You know, she was looking good. She was ready to go to Barcelona. She was like, I haven't gotten a chance to change. I'm in my vacation wear. (laughs) These are my lounge clothes. I'm wearing a bedazzled dolphin (laughs) t-shirt. I thought I was going to have a good... I'm a little drunk right now. I'm a little drunk right now. But yeah, we can talk more in depth with her because that ain't her only crime. Wow. So yeah, we can talk about more on Vaults of the Obscure. And that's our psychic con artist for today. There's still many, many out there. We could have probably gone on weeks. It's wild. It's fascinating because I find there's something really attractive about people being just like so desperate for answers mm-hmm. and like to their suffering, to the unexpected death of a loved one, to feel connection, to feel powerful. And that like people out there have this ability to just like lie. And that it's mostly women too. But it's also like they just tap into some kind of vulnerability in people and like oh, absolutely. they find it. I'm like a woman wears turquoise. I will fucking listen to anything she says to me. <laughs> I trust that woman. You want $500? Okay. Here you go. Have it. <coughs> waiting for my cue. Are you waiting for your, are you waiting for, which is in the news? Oh, she's here. She's got her mug. It says number one best. It says margarita. <laughs> <laughs> Clink. All right. First story. TikTok witches for Black Lives Matter. Hello. Hello. Here we are. Our youngest generation of witches are slaying the game, you guys. So during the rise of the Black Lives Matter protests after the death of George Floyd, witches have gone to TikTok to cast protective spells on Black Lives Matter's protesters and negative hexes on the police. You can find them on TikTok under the witches for BLM hashtag. The tag has over 15 million views with new users joining in every day. You'll see anything from instructional videos to parodies of witchcrafts. Users seem to be taking these practices very seriously with few questioning or belittling witchcraft as a philosophy or religion. So they're very like into it. Oh, I love I that. I love that. People believe the witchcraft is working too. On Thursday, June 4th, several intense thunderstorms charged through the D.C. area with lightning that struck the Washington Monument and two National Guards. Holy shit. Yeah. The National Guards were providing security for the protests and they were like, pa-pa, lightning, 
<laughs> Isn't that crazy? Many believe that the lightning striking the Washington Monument is a sign of divine intervention or karmic justice. The crazy amount of witches either on the streets or behind the scenes for Black Lives Matter is truly inspiring. Like, good job, guys. We all had the full moon ritual. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. And even on TikTok, witches are reminding each other that doing witchcraft is not enough. As mm -hmm. like, we got to do more. That being involved, signing petitions, calling your Congress people, and donating money to organizations is what has to happen to impact success change yes that was very like a big thing on our instagram where i was like you can't just do this you know it's like yeah. you you are being called right now to do a lot more than sort of non-mundane means of like affecting the world but this is like also something that is very specific to you that you can do yeah you know it's like it has to be used as like a what's what i'm looking for a supplementary yeah sort of action an add-on an add-on it cannot yeah. be like instead of yeah so good job and keep it the fuck up, guys. What's up, baby witches? You got it. The baby babies. All right, story number two. We're going to talk about JK Rowling. Do we have to? I'm really fucking tired of talking about this idiot. <laughs> when have you talked about her? I feel like I talk about her all the time. <laughs> I'm constantly embarrassed. Yeah. I'm like, you are supposed to be. You're and supposed I, to be. I'm supposed to look up to you. And you're over here. <gasps> with your nonsense so yeah there are going to be links in the show notes to different jk rowling articles to further your reading so if you're like what are you talking about who is this person we'll get down to the meat and potatoes essentially take me to the potato <laughs> take me to the best part of my meal <laughs> Essentially, J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, you've probably heard your name, and if you've never read the books, you still have probably heard her name, posted what many people are claiming to be a manifesto about her personal issues with the trans community. And so I read, like, the whole thing of what she wrote. You can read it, too. It doesn't matter. It's not really worth your time, but you could read it. And I also read articles that have criticized what she wrote. So I'm trying to see it from both angles to understand, like, what she's saying and why what she's saying is still bad. Yeah. So what happened back in December 2019 was probably the first time your stomach churned in regards to J.K. Rowling, talking about her issues of gender, especially in regards to trans people. Mm -hmm. Rowling had tweeted her support of Maya Forstater, a tax specialist who lost her job over transphobic tweets that she had made. Maya was involved in an ongoing discussion via tweeting about gender and women, but here's like the gem of the tweet to just kind of scratch the surface. In October 2018, Maya Forstater tweeted, I honestly don't see the difference between Rachel Dolezal's internal feeling that she is black and a man's internal feeling that he is a woman, i.e. adult human female. You can't. You she was like, neither has basis in material reality, which are so completely different. They're so fucking different. They're so different. And also like, okay. Also, I read the Wikipedia article on Rachel Dolezal because I was like, how is that chick doing? She's had a rough time. She's not doing well. And her family calls her a liar and she calls her family a liar. And it just seems very, very fucking messy over there. Yeah, so, she, she is a liar. She is a liar. <laughs> She's not black. Like objectively. <laughs> her dad is white. Her mom is white. They have European ancestry. Just because you got a perm. It's like the most white woman thing ever. Just to be like, you know what? Yeah, I feel black. <laughs> Great. Cool. Okay. So to get to more of the center of what Maya was saying is that she just believes basically that trans women are not women. Mostly it. Maya was fired for her job for these tweets and she lost her employment tribunal. At the tribunal, her employment judge, James Taylor, said it is a core component of her belief that she will refer to a person by the sex she considered appropriate 
even if it violates their dignity and or creates an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating, or offensive environment. He goes on to say the approach is not worthy of respect in a democratic society. Yeah, fucking perish. Mm-hmm. Burn in hell. So back to J.K. Rowling. Rowling's big tweet after the article came out about Maya's firing was, dress however you please, call yourself whatever you like, sleep with any consenting adult who'll have you, live your best life in peace and security, but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real. Hashtag I stand with Maya. Hashtag this is not a drill. The this hashtag is this is not a drill is like oh really God. dramatic. Oh my pretty extra this is not a drill i'm a turf (laughs) (laughs) yep there was lots of backlash to rallying at the time and we know she's incredibly intelligent like she went literally from rags to riches over the harry potter series but i guess like a rich privileged person she doesn't know when to like shut up which leads us to june and what she has written on her website and honestly it's too long of an opinion piece for me to read to you on the podcast because we've all got lives and i have one more which is in the news thing to even talk about and it's really important it's really important but here are a few bullet points so one just in general her need to state that trans women are not women because they biologically are not women like do not have vaginas two she mentions being sexually assaulted when she was younger which is something she has mentioned in interviews before this however this leads into her saying that she is not comfortable with trans people who may or may not have penises using the women's restroom because they may sexually assault women in a like quote female space Yeah. Three, she talks about detransitioning and that a lot of youth are transitioning to a different gender and then deciding they've made a mistake to detransition back to their normal gender, which I had to do research on that because I was like, what the hell is this? So these are her arguments. And obviously, like, did you find anything? Yes, I will get into it. I promise. And Tara and I are definitely not experts on the trans experience because that is not our life. But here are our thoughts or my thoughts. You can contradict or say whatever at any time, of course. From research and listening as trans allies, here's our research. So the detransitioning, because I was like, what? The big one I found was like a Christian kind of angled website where some guy was like, I transitioned to a woman and then I decided it wasn't God's plan for me. So I transitioned back. But now he's making money. Like preaching that, that it's not a thing. So he's using it in like a capitalistic way that's very gross. So this is something that does occasionally happen, but it's something that rarely happens. Like just because you do a Google search on trans people who have detransitioned and find some articles does not mean that all trans people are on the brink of detransitioning. Rowling frames this more of a, I thought this would fix my problems and it didn't, whoops. You know, like, I thought transitioning would fix my problem. It didn't. Oh, if I had just, like, focused on myself more and not have gone through this, I might have been better. Like, one of those things. Like, it's kind of putting it on the same level of, like, I feel so lonely I'm going to have sex with my boyfriend. Whoops. You know? It's like, those are two completely different things. Oh, my God. I broke up with my boyfriend, but, like, um, he came over to pick up his stuff, and then, like, I sucked his dick. Whoops. Whoops. My bad. Of course, relationships are super complicated, but that is so much easier. Okay, all right, all right. I'm calm. I'm I'm not calm, but I am. Yes. Pushing it down into my heart palace. Sucking your ex-boyfriend's dick of a whoops is completely different than I'm going to like upend my life to become the person I see myself to be doing the surgeries, taking the hormones, having all of these difficult conversations with families and friends, and thus risking to lose those friends and family. And violence. Exactly. To end up transitioning back to my previous gender. Like that's her whole... That's like obviously not. Also, fucking nobody, like I, maybe two, I don't know. Fucking, it's 
absolutely like the hardest, most like frustrating, but also rewarding gift to give yourself. Yeah. To like allow yourself to be the person that you want to be like nobody does that lightly like you are risking like sexual violence physical violence emotional violence losing your job losing your friends losing your house losing like losing everything no one does that without like thinking of the consequences I'm not just like I'm just gonna get a sex change today whatever are you it's chill I can go back and no one does that oh god okay and it's expensive and the government doesn't recognize you and you Okay, all right. I'm just gonna, we're gonna finish this and it's because she's canceled, I guess. Yeah. So, and also my thought with the detransition thing is I don't think you would go through all of that as a mistake. I think even if you decide to detransition, that's still growth. You still grew somehow. Yes, absolutely. Like everything that you would have gone through. And it does hurt the trans community because it's like, oh, now we can point at these people and be like, are you sure what you're doing is right? No. But that is someone's personal journey where they feel like they needed to do that. So if you're like, it would have saved time, effort, money if you hadn't transitioned just to transition back, then like think of it as this person as like your friend. You would still stay supportive of them because you baby witches are good friends. You are good friends. You would just want your friend to be happy and to yes. support them on that journey. Yes. But also detransitioning happens to one to 5% of trans people and normally before they even begin taking hormones. This is not a problem we should really make ourselves concerned with. It's so minute. And it was a chunk of her little opinion piece. And then, okay, so two. <laughs> We're only it. I know. The bathroom. Hey. The bathroom argument. Like, ladies, this isn't going to become an epidemic of fearing for your lives while in a public restroom. It does not make sense. I can understand Rowling's fear coming from, as she says, a survivor of a sexual assault herself. And that's awful. Like, that's fucked up and it shouldn't happen to anybody. But trans people are already living with a stigma and have to fight repeatedly to be their authentic selves. And if that means they're in the stall next to you, like, fucking great. Come on in. Sometimes it's cleaner. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes it's not cleaner and that's when it sucks. But it's also like, yeah, rapists super give a shit about what the rules are for the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you kidding? Like, yeah. if they... <sighs> and the 2015 U.S. transgender survey found that 47% of transgender people are sexually assaulted at some point of their life, which is almost 50%. Yeah. That's half of them. Yes. Yes. Like if you have two transgender people in a room, one might have been sexually assaulted at one point. Like, like that's it. More likely as a trans person, like going into a bathroom, you are putting yourself at risk. Yeah. Like for violence and for fucking verbal abuse. Just to pee. Yeah. Just a fucking just to pee at Comic Con. Yeah. Just to pee in a bathroom that you feel comfortable being in. You know, it's crazy. And so the last thing, of course, is the biology argument. And you can fight with people all day about how if your body wasn't meant to menstruate or you didn't grow up as a young girl or a young woman and endure society's pressure, then how can you claim to be a real woman? And so like my base philosophy for most things is if you aren't going through that experience, it's not your place to argue with it. Yeah. Like if it's not affecting you or those close to you that you love, then like fuck off. And this is the same argument I have for like abortion. If you can't have an abortion, I don't want to hear your thoughts on it. Not the same thing with Black Lives Matter. Everyone should care about that. Yes. But if you're not going through some kind of trans experience, why are we listening to you? Why are you talking? Exactly. Why are you here? Yeah. I'm trying to listen to trans voices to hear their needs. And it's super hard to let them speak if people keep talking over them. Like you feel comfortable within your own body great but some people feel different than you and that has to be okay Mm -hmm. and so the biggest problem of the whole thing for me 
is that we need to see celebrities and those we look up to be more conscientious about their platform. She basically wrote this piece on her website because she was tired of being bullied by people online about her statements. Should we be bullying her? No, we shouldn't be bullying her. We shouldn't be bullying anyone. And I understand why she kind of like wrote it to stick up for herself, but also... The Harry Potter books, to me personally, were everything. Like, I have a fucking Harry Potter tattoo on my wrist. Like, for God's sake. And I'm like one of millions, you know? <laughs> it was a world that I and all of my classmates could imagine that we just belonged. And now it's like saying the author doesn't believe my trans friends would be allowed to use Moaning Myrtle's bathroom with me when fucking Harry Potter was sneaking in there all the time. Yes. Are you kidding me? Also, feminist agenda, why not Harry up Potter? How crazy would our lives have changed if that had taken off and Harry Potter was a girl? Or fucking Hermione was the hero. Yeah. It'd be fucking insane. Anyway, I'm done with this. But if you have any last statements, feel free. I am. Um, no pressure. I'm, ang- I'm angry. Okay. I'm very angry. Yeah. You're very soft spoken right now, so I can tell. And I'm really fucking sorry to anyone that found home mm-hmm. in the world that this person created who feels like they don't belong because you do yeah forever yeah fuck jk rowling fuck the reagans fuck them all (laughs) we can chant things all day yeah all right last article better better article thank you for the bread thank you for the bread black owned witch shops thank you here we go want to support black witches but don't know how how about supporting black owned witchy shops easy cheers yay I found this very cool listicle on BuzzFeed that is called 17 Black-Owned Occult Shops That Every Witch and Their Entire Coven Should Support. So the article will be listed in the show notes and we'll just touch on a few of the shops and what they offer. We've got The Hood Witch. Yes, I know this one. All right. You introduced me to her. Yeah, and also Jessica Lignato used to be an astrologer for The Hood Witch on Instagram. That's it. I think That's how they were all connected. Yes. Got it. I knew Jessica is something with them, but I didn't know. The Hood Witch offers crystals, pendulums, tarot cards made by independent artists, and even a complete Bruja bookshop with lots of vintage mystic resources. Luna and Lumi is another shop you can go to that is perfect for baby witches, which is, oh my God, you guys. Oh my God, that's you. That's you. Look at you. That's me. And it's like looking for some witchy starter kits. Like, get a kit. Boop. You got your shit. Love that. Another shop is the Skin Ritual Shop, which has vegan candles and vegan soaps to help you set your intentions and goals. I know your little heart. From when I last checked on their Etsy, it looks like most of their candles are sold out, but you can heart the Etsy shop and come back later and just check to see when it'll be back in stock. Probably what I'm hoping is, is they just got a fucking run on them. I feel like that's what happened. Yeah. And then there's Piscean Spirituality, which offers many different spiritual readings and Reiki healing sessions. Some of their readings include lovers compatibility readings, twin flame readings, career readings. There's even a reading called Over the X, which is $25 for a five to 10 card spread and includes guidance on how to move forward and focus on you and your needs and to stop hooking up with your ex. Stop fucking sucking <laughs> their dick or their penis or they're in between. Anything. Don't, don't go over there. Don't fucking call them. Don't let them come over. Fucking block them on Instagram. Coronavirus is still real. You kick them out, keep them out. Six feet, motherfucker. Exactly. And then here's the last one that I'll mention. It's called Ifa Can Elements. And it's an occult shop that explores traditional African, Mesoamerican, and other non-Western spiritualities. And I would love at some point to do some Witch Yes episodes on different variations of spiritualism just to like learn more about Ifa. 
Ifacan Elements offers many metaphysical items through their Etsy, including some candles, runes, different pendants, and small jewelry. But keep in mind, there is a difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. So make sure what you're buying is good for you. For example, if you've never heard of Ifa before and believe your knowledge of any spiritualism outside of the one you currently practice is pretty limited, maybe don't rush to buy an Orisha bath wash or an Oko tool set if you're like, I don't know what that word means means you probably shouldn't buy it. It's not meant for you. That's what's up. And that's been Witches in the News. And that's, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So good. Ah, what a sandwich that was. Yeah. It's a lot of mustard. Yeah, a lot of mustard in there. There was no like protein. No. No protein base at all. Pepperoni, mustard, and like a fucking inch of Miracle Whip. Yeah. Ew. I know. That was a J.K. Rowling part. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. (laughs) The mustard and the Miracle Whip combined. Just like that slush. Oh, you could like pick that up and throw that at someone. You could. That's like disgusting. You could. <laughs> and it would retain its shape. Ew. It's like the star. <laughs> it's a shuriken. <laughs> All right. We're winding down. This is the end. We have experienced a lot of really intense information today. All right. We're just going to like lift our right arm up. That's this one. It's the other one. And we're going to reach, 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 reach. And then we're going to let it fall down like a leaf in the fall. And then we're going to, oh, hold our our left hand up and reach, reach, reach. We're a beautiful tree touching the sun. And then we're going to let the leaf of our beautiful hand fall down. And we are here to enjoy this beautiful spell that Alicia has found. It is called A Spell to Bring About Justice. Bring it. Bring it. And this is by Ren Maple, who I think we've done a spell of theirs before. The name sounds familiar. I I feel, yeah, I think so. So they said that they wrote and published it. They like turned the comments off. It was on Reddit. They were like, before this gets crazy, comments off. But they also topped off the spell with a donation to Black Lives Matter. So definitely consider making a donation if you are able to, to a organization that needs your help. Materials, one white candle, a writing utensil and paper, bloodstone or clear quartz, freshly cleansed cleanse these crystals baby if you've been having it on the shelf for like a couple months now that's not freshly cleansed mama no No, it's not on a scrap of paper write down george floyd's name and or any of the other slain black people which is another option you can add to it is to draw sigils and symbols for protection and or peaceful resting on the paper so the name any sigils for protection and then you'll fold the paper in half so it makes a standing triangle and prop it in front of your candle Light your white candle, hold your stone in your palms facing up, addressing the deity of your choice or just the universe spirits, pray for justice and anything else that comes to mind. And that's it. Yeah, that's so easy. So easy, so simple. And then go look at some infographics. Please. God damn it. And make a donation. And jab. Come on. Venmo, cash app, get on it. All that good stuff. And do recurring donations, babies. If you can. $2 a month? Come on. Okay, you can do $2 a month. Unless you're like a teen. Yeah, if you're a teen. Life's hard. I get it. And they also have like those, um, what are they called? They don't even know if they'll go back to high school in the fall. Like, Yeah, they're like, we are in crisis. But talk to your friends and be like, this is why this is important. Because, you know, as a teen, everyone's kind of like poisoned by their parents and mm-hmm. don't have their own opinions yet. So it's very good to be like the shining voice to be like, hey, 
these are the reasons why this is important right now and has been important and, people and overlooked. Will thank you later. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful to everyone. We fucking grew up in Indiana. Yeah. I'm so thankful to everyone who was like, actually, like, that's kind of weird. Like, I didn't know about feminism until freshman year of undergrad. Really? Like, as a concept. That's no. so fucked up. Right? That's super fucked up. Yeah. I remember being the only person in my history class senior year when the teacher asked, are any of you feminists? I remember being the only person that raised my hand. I wouldn't have raised my hand because I didn't wouldn't have fucking known. It's like I guarantee that like five years from now, people will be so thankful yeah. that you said something. They may not be thankful in the moment, but it's it's important. Yeah. Because we're in it for the long con. The long game. The long run. Not the long con. Not the long con. <laughs> we are in it. This is a marathon. Yeah. Not and, a sprint. And I love you and I'm sorry yeah. that this was such an intense episode. I'm oh not, well. I'm not really sorry. <laughs> anyway. We have to end this episode, you guys. This has been rejected. Do you know what happens at the end of each episode, Baby Witches? Alicia and I get to a point where we're like, we're done. Oh, no. What do we say? Yeah. Who works on this show? Ma- Marcus? <laughs> Pierce? I can do that. I've got that. We would like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, and Kevin McLeod for giving us that sweet, dope music that we play. At the beginning and at the end of every episode, whether he likes it or not. Never in the middle. Never in the middle. Not yet. <laughs> we got sick advertisements, we would. Yeah. Be like, it'd be the coked out version again, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if they want to find you, Alicia, where are they going to find you? Because you also work on this show. Do you know that? What? Yeah, you were the host. Oh, I thought I just like stepped by. <laughs> You're the guest? <laughs> I'm the guest. You're the host and I'm the guest. But I'm just the guest in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be such a good show that's our next show <laughs> that'd be funny i just interview alicia like <laughs> so fruit how you feel about it <laughs> so tell me about your dad no <laughs> no if you want to <laughs> you can find me on instagram at alicia period herder because that's my name that's her name yeah. Where can I find you on Instagram? Um, I'm Tara. Mm-hmm. And you can't just search my name and that doesn't work because on Instagram, I am her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. It is a lovely face. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I've been using witch hazel oh as my toner and then also you can find me at underscore little moss that's my it's like my selfies and like pictures of food and memes the fun page the fun page the serious page and the fun page yeah i don't post uh, yeah it's hard (laughs) a lot of pressure yeah it is you can also follow us on instagram at witch yes that's our together page. That's our together page. For friends. You will never know who you're talking to. It could be one of us. It so. could be anyone. Choose your words carefully. Sometimes it's Marcel. Because we're sensitive. <laughs> so I just really want to thank Rex in Alaska for the review this week. It like really means a lot to me when people like put in the time to put in reviews. We really need them because, you know, we need a reoccurring set of reviews in order to stay up in the charts. Since we're not with a network and we don't advertise anywhere because it's like super expensive and we don't have the money for that, it's really hard for people to find us mm-hmm. even though you're great i'm great yeah marcel's great mallory's great kevin mcleod i don't know but um if you head over to <laughs> apple podcast give us five stars and write something anything like you could write i'm a psychic con artist that scams a poor old lady out of six thousand dollars and i spent it on a boat six thousand dollar boat i think they cost more than that shit i don't know i don't know anything about boats <laughs> i'm showing my fucking demographic aren't i i'm like boats yeah totally <laughs> Yes, $6,000. Yes, of course. It'll help us move up the charts and maybe we'll review your review on air. 
This one, I would rate five stars. Five stars, indeed. If you don't want to contact us on Instagram, you can email us at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. Every time we post an episode, our listeners will share them in their stories and tag us. And then we share those shares on our Instagram. And then it's like, you guys know who's listening. You know who else are baby witches. And people have made friends. And it's fucking adorable. Also, I have to say, we loved how everyone had sent in their familiars pictures. And we used it for a quiz. <gasps> yes. That we have in our Instagram stories. We have a quiz basically every Friday that an episode comes out and it's kind of to test if you are actually listening or not to the last episode but that one included very cute animals yeah 10 out of 10 crowd pleaser lizards puppies kitties all of them yeah all the animals so boop 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 you guys yes we are as of right now nine dollars away from our patreon goal it's fucking psycho that is psycho and right now, as of June 20th, the Saturday before this releases, Patreon witches are getting one episode of Vault of the Obscure a month. It's our mini series. We do deep dives into strange topics that we don't feel like are warrant a full episode. Oh God, like $10, because that's how much I have in my wallet right now, says that we will probably be at two episodes a month by the time this drops. So if you're wrong, do I get the $10? No, like what I happened? take the $10 out and I eat it and I poop it out. Great. Into the earth. <laughs> Back from Excellent. whence it came. Into the sewage, into the ocean. Perfect. Of Great. George Washington. And he's not on the $10 bill, is he? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we also just added a couple weeks ago a low-key Benny for our $10 and above witches. We're slowly releasing our show notes, which has like all of our sources, all of our links and some pictures that we add. Um, so you'll see pretty much what we see. The behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And they're cute and they're colorful. They're very colorful. Tara makes sure of that. It's her mission. This is God's work for me. <laughs> God came down. He's like, you only have one thing to do. Don't fuck it up. We're like, okay. No one will believe me. (laughs) All right. I guess this has been Witch Witch Yes. Yes.